Hey, St. John. Welcome to the Post-Sermon Podcast. I am Deaconess Dahlia, and with me today is Vicar Tim. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. Um, we are going to be discussing your sermon from this past Sunday. Um, tell me, what was the text that you preached on? So I preached on our gospel reading, which was Luke 2, verses 22 through 40. Yeah, so that text is um, about Mary and Joseph bringing the infant Jesus to the temple uh, to fulfill the law where um, the firstborn son um, is brought to the temple, presented before God, uh, a sacrifice is made. And while they're there, uh, some some people come up to them, and it's probably not what they were expecting to happen. But uh, we get Simeon, um, this faithful man who had been told that he would see the Christ before he died. He comes up to Jesus, takes him in his arms, uh, blesses God, um, gives us the Nunc Dimittis, the Song of Simeon, which we often sing in church. Um, And he also prophesies about what um, Jesus will do, that he's going to be responsible for the rising and falling of many. And, um, of course, he points us ahead to Jesus' death on the cross by telling Mary that a sword will pierce her soul. And then up comes this old prophetess named Anna, who is uh, described as a very faithful woman. And uh, she also uh, gives thanks to God and rejoices because she has also seen her Savior. What is the central teaching of your sermon? Yeah, so I was intending to show how um, through characters in this story, through um, Simeon, Mary, and Anna, um, we're being pointed to uh, the work God does for us in that, um, you know, Simeon is being led by the Spirit. And that's the only way he could have actually known that this tiny little baby in arms, what looks like just another ordinary woman, is the Christ. Um, and that connects us to how the way that we believe, the way that we come to faith is also by the work of the Holy Spirit because on our own, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to believe. And then in Simeon's prophecy to Mary, that helps bring us to the cross and seeing through the experience that Mary is having and hearing that a sword will pierce her soul that points us ahead to Jesus' death on the cross. And of course, in this Christmas season, we need to remember that... Um, know it's a nice happy upbeat season but we're still being pointed heads to the cross the fact that jesus is going to have to die because of our sins of course in anna i was pointing us ahead to the other faithful women who come to the tomb um and that you know our hope ends up being in the resurrection uh, of jesus and his rising from the dead yeah no i i really like what you said um when simeon says that a sword will pierce mary's soul it's not something that's really <laughs> brought up during the Christmas season. Yeah. <laughs> kind of goes against the um, Christmas sentiment that we usually have. Um, but it's like what you said. It it does remind us that this birth is connected to the cross, right? Mm-hmm. He is going to be pointing to what his purpose was on earth. Um, and that's not maybe like the happy, nostalgic feeling that we get at Christmas, but it very much is our salvation, right? And that's a 
a good thing, but also comes at a high cost. And we see this with yeah. what Simeon's telling his Jesus' mother, Mary. Yes. <laughs> How did you intend to benefit your hearers in their faith or life? Yeah, so the benefit I think I was trying to get to is that, you know, I mean, this is a nice little narrative in many ways, but sometimes it can be hard to see how some of these things connect to us. And so I wanted to show how, I guess, how the experiences, how these characters connect to our faith um, through, you know, the work of the Holy Spirit, pointing us ahead to the cross and the resurrection, and kind of showing how these things are connected to, you know, the foundational elements of our faith. It is interesting how the presentation of baby Jesus, um, how God chose him to be presented to Simeon and Anna, just they aren't, I mean, we really, we haven't really heard of him before, heard of both of them before, right? And, yeah. Um, they're, they're older, and especially thinking Anna had lost her husband many, many years ago, and she'd come to the temple every day. And I, I don't know, I guess it reminds me of the part of the Christmas story of like, you know, the shepherds knew about the birth and these people of um, who were not well-known, almost seeming like not very important people in the yeah. world's eyes, just how God, I don't know, spoke through both of them and presented the Messiah to them. Yeah, I think it kind of continues a theme that, you know, Jesus' birth doesn't really happen the way anybody would ever expect it to happen. And we still see it even here 40 days after his birth, um, that, as you said, you know, these these aren't the people you would expect to be welcoming the Son of God into into the temple, into the, ho- the house of God itself. Right. Um, and what a blessing that Simeon was led by the Holy Spirit, and Anna as well, just that they would be able to recognize this was the Messiah. Because yeah. how many, I mean, many people, well, obviously even to this day, don't, you know, don't believe that. Jesus is the Savior, the one yeah. who was promised. What was a challenge for you with the sermon process? I think one of the biggest challenges was actually just how many different ways you could kind of go with this text. Um, there's a there's plenty of potential sermons, and it's also a text that we hear every year. Um, it's even in the three year lectionary. It's all, it's this text is always the Christmas one text. So it's probably going to be a familiar text. And it was kind of how do, I guess, how do I find something that's, I guess, how do I preach a text to people who have probably heard this text just about every single year and finding something, I don't want, I don't want to say new because it makes it sound like I'm inventing something. Yeah, but but to help maybe see the text in a different light. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that being, yeah, tricky. But no, I do appreciate how you went from connecting these characters in the story then to us, right? You're mentioning how like the final the final character is is includes us, right? That the story, even though we are here two thousand years later, are very much a part of it. Just kind of looking at it from a different perspective or I don't know if perspective is the word, but different time than Anna and Simeon did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, then there's that reminder that everything that's happening in this text is happening for us. Everything that I'm pointing to is happening for us um, and for our benefits and for our faith and for our salvation. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And I think 
so much of the Christian life is waiting and it can feel very long. And we know that God's time does not operate how we normally think of things that it should happen soon, right? Like right away. Um, but it is cool kind of to zoom out and see thousands of years ago. I don't know how, how God was accomplishing his will through this baby Jesus that he'd one day go to the cross and then that we see this um, for us as well today. I don't know. It just kind of makes things, I guess, having that eternal holy perspective makes that waiting a little better. I don't know. It doesn't seem as long because we see that has been fulfilled and we know Jesus is coming again. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Vicar. This wraps up the episode for today. Thank you for listening to our discussion. In case you missed the sermon or you'd like to listen to it again, the link to the sermon is in the show notes, and you can also find the sermon on our church website, stjohndublin.org. And if you, the listener, would like to submit a question about sermon, please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org. Thank you, Vicar, for joining me and for feeding us the word this week. My pleasure. All right, take care, you guys. Bye. Bye.